Chapter Nine of Amelia, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Amelia, Volume Two by Henry Fielding. Chapter Nine: The Conclusion of Mrs. Bennet's History. "'When I became sensible,' cries Mrs. Bennet, "'of the injury I had done my husband, "'I threw myself at his feet, "'and embracing his knees while I bathed them with my tears, "'I begged a patient hearing, "'declaring, if he was not satisfied with what I should say, "'I would become a willing victim of his resentment. "'I said, and I said truly, "'that if I owed my death that instant to his hands, "'I should have no other terror "'but of the fatal consequence which it might produce to himself.' he seemed a little pacified, and bid me say whatever I pleased. I then gave him a faithful relation of all that had happened. He heard me with great attention, and at the conclusion cried with a deep sigh, "'Oh, Molly, I believe it all. You must have been betrayed, as you tell me. You could not be guilty of such baseness, such cruelty, such ingratitude.' He then— oh it is impossible to describe his behaviour he expressed such kindness such tenderness such concern for the manner in which he had used me i cannot dwell on this scene i shall relapse you must excuse me amelia begged her to omit anything which so affected her and she proceeded thus my husband who was more convinced than i was of mrs ellison's guilt declared he would not sleep that night in her house he then went out to see for a lodging. He gave me all the money he had, and left me to pay her bill, and put up the clothes, telling me if I had not money enough, I might leave the clothes as a pledge. But he vowed he could not answer for himself if he saw the face of Mrs. Ellison. Words cannot express the behavior of that artful woman. It was so kind and so generous. She said she did not blame my husband's resentment, nor could she expect any other, but that he and all the world should censure her, that she hated her house almost as much as we did, and detested her cousin, if possible, more. In fine, she said I might leave my clothes there that evening, but that she would send them to us the next morning, that she scorned the thought of detaining them, and as for the paltry debt, we might pay her whenever we pleased, for to do her justice with all her vices, she hath some good in her." "'Some good in her, indeed!' cried Amelia, with great indignation. "'We were scarce settled in our new lodgings,' continued Mrs. Bennet, "'when my husband began to complain of a pain in his inside. "'He told me he feared he had done himself some injury in his rage, "'and burst something within him. "'As to the odious, I cannot bear the thought, "'the great skill of his surgeon soon entirely cured him.' but his other complaint, instead of yielding to any application, grew still worse and worse, nor ever ended till it brought him to his grave. Oh, Mrs. Booth, could I have been certain that I had occasioned this, however innocently I had occasioned it, I could never have survived it. But the surgeon who opened him after his death assured me that he died of what they call a polypus in his heart, and that nothing which had happened on account of me was in the least the occasion of it. I have, however, related the affair truly to you. The first complaint I ever heard of the kind was within a day or two after we left Mrs. Ellison's, and this complaint remained till his death, 
which might induce him perhaps to attribute his death to another cause but the surgeon who is a man of the highest eminence hath always declared the contrary to me with the most positive certainty and this opinion hath been my only comfort when my husband died which was about ten weeks after we quitted mrs ellison's of whom i had then a different opinion from what i have now i was left in the most wretched condition imaginable i believe madam she showed you my letter indeed she did everything for me at that time which i could have expected from the best of friends she supplied me with money from her own pocket by which means i was preserved from a distress in which i must have otherwise inevitably perished her kindness to me in this season of distress prevailed on me to return again to her house why indeed should i have refused an offer so very convenient for me to accept and which seemed so generous in her to make here i lived a very retired life with my little babe seeing no company but mrs ellison herself for a full quarter of a year at last mrs ellison brought me a parchment from my lord in which he had settled upon me at her instance as she told me and as i believe it was an annuity of one hundred and fifty pounds a year this was i think the very first time she had mentioned his hateful name to me since my return to her house and she now prevailed upon me though i assure you not without some difficulty to suffer him to execute the deed in my presence i will not describe our interview i am not able to describe it and i have often wondered how i found spirits to support it this i will say for him that if he was not a real penitent no man alive could act the part better beside resentment i had another motive of my backwardness to agree to such a meeting and this was fear i apprehended and surely not without reason that the annuity was rather meant as a bribe than a recompense and that further designs were laid against my innocence but in this i found myself happily deceived for neither then nor at any time since have i ever had the least solicitation of that kind nor indeed have i seen the least occasion to think my lord had any such desires good heavens what are these men what is this appetite which must have novelty and resistance for its provocatives and which is delighted with us no longer than while we may be considered in the light of enemies i thank you madam cries amelia for relieving me from my fears on your account i trembled at the consequence of this second acquaintance with such a man and in such a situation i assure you madam i was in no danger returned mrs bennet for besides that i think i could have pretty well relied on my own resolution i have heard since at st edmundsbury from an intimate acquaintance of my lord's who was an entire stranger to my affairs that the highest degree of inconstancy is his character and that few of his numberless mistresses have ever received a second visit from him well madam continued she i think i have little more to trouble you with unless i should relate to you my long ill state of health from which i am lately i thank heaven recovered or unless i should mention to you the most grievous accident that ever befell me the loss of my poor dear charlie here she made a full stop and the tears ran down into her bosom amelia was silent a few minutes while she gave the lady time to vent her passion 
after which she began to pour forth a vast profusion of acknowledgments for the trouble she had taken in relating her history but chiefly for the motive which had induced her to it and for the kind warning which she had given her by the little note which mrs bennet had sent her that morning yes madam cries mrs bennet i am convinced by what i have lately seen that you are the destined sacrifice to this wicked lord and that mrs ellison whom i no longer doubt to have been the instrument of my ruin intended to betray you in the same manner the day i met my lord in your apartment i began to entertain some suspicions and i took mrs ellison very roundly to task upon them her behaviour notwithstanding many asseverations to the contrary convinced me i was right and i intended more than once to speak to you but i could not till last night the mention of the masquerade determined me to delay it no longer i therefore sent you that note this morning and am glad you so luckily discovered the writer as it hath given me this opportunity of easing my mind and of honestly showing you how unworthy i am of your friendship at the same time that i so earnestly desire it End of chapter nine